Exactly. This could have been a Game of Thrones, from what I can tell. Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, I there's a couple episodes space. where it's just there's a lot of talking, but it's necessary. There's a couple episodes with that, and they'll kill somebody just to make it worth watching. <laughs> this this could have done that easily. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic, Judge and Jerry. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Ian Anderson. Some shit. And Joe Gold. Hey, guys. We appreciate you all going on the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about it. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes, sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content and updates, pick up some merch, and interact with us. Question we always ask if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie. To help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing Dune. It was released October 22nd, 2021. It's based on the novel by Frank Herbert. It was written by John Spates and Dennis Villanueva. It's directed by Dennis Villanueva. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Chen Chong, Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård, Charlotte Rampling, Zendaya, and Javier Bardem. The feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset, the most vital element in the galaxy. If you have not seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast. Go watch it at the theater. Pick up your uh, HBO Max subscription. Watch this film. Come back. Pick up where you left off. So we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. What a movie, fellas. Let's deep dive. Yeah. Those I are some start, names. Yeah. I, I want to start with like a real quick rant on hollywood that i wish they would make some changes for so a movie this scale we're talking about part one here we mentioned the spoiler free this is part one of at least part two two part film which i think is great it should be but what i wish a filmmaker would do so we had movies back when you go back to like the the lord of the rings trilogy where they filmed all three movies in succession right they had them filmed they moved into post-production they released every year for three years okay in a movie like this which the worst thing on the planet right now is we have to wait at least two years probably probably closer to three for part two they haven't started production they haven't even started pre-production so you got a few months worth of pre-production you probably got a few months worth of filming at the very least and then you got another year or two of post-production with the amount of visual stuff and, and audio and shit that goes into a movie like this. So we're at least two and a half, probably three years before we see part two. Why couldn't you film both of these films back to back like you did before? And then why do we wait even the year? Like what I want a studio to do is say, fuck it. Let's live on the wild side. Let's film both of these movies, part one and two at the same time. Get it all out there. You know Dennis Villanueva has the story for it because, duh, it's the book. It's out there. So write this shit, film this shit, and then do a goot, like break the mold and go, we're releasing part one on October 22nd. Part two, we're going to release January 28th, whatever the hell it is. You know what I mean? Give us a few months respite. I'm going to be so much more bought in to this movie because I know it's two parts, and I know I'm only going to have to wait a few months. And I realize that most of the time, they wait a year, or at least at least with the the like the like films for Lord of the Rings and the ones that they've done these film back-to-back. I think they did it with one of the Hunger Games tri- du- duos or whatever. They film these, and then they wait a year because they don't want to compete with themselves, right? They don't want these movies competing. But give it a few months, especially now 
with like the pandemic having caused some issues, I think it's the time to change how we release these epic doubles, trilogies, whatever you want to call it. Because the times now, it's for me, I think it would be so cool to watch this movie and go, dude, I'm hype. I'm not going to lose the hype in two years. You know what I mean? I, I get to go in three months, let you make your initial money. Now let me go back and still have that hype that I want to see the second film. Because now i got to wait. And after a year, I'm going to be like, oh, that's right. They still need part two of Dune. So I, I just I get really frustrated yeah. by these damn long ass waits of a movie like this where I know you got to split it up into two to make it worth it and to make you actually be able to cover the content. I think it's time for change, man. And I know, you know, what's our verdict? The podcast isn't going to change the film industry. Changing the world. God damn it. I wish it would. One episode at a time. But I think you, you bring up a really good point, JJ, where like when I when I think about movies that I was really excited for, like No Time to Die with James Bond, I went back and watched a couple of the movies leading into it. And I think an interesting premise, and I've seen some movies do this, where they'll re-put out the, the movie a couple months leading into that movie so individuals can go back to the theater. And it's like, that could be a thing again. Or you don't even have to put it back in the theater. You re-release that on whatever streaming thing you have, like HBO or whatever it is. All of your people watch it because it's like the prime thing they put right there. It gets everyone prepped and ready, hyped and, and ready to go into it. I think that's a really interesting call out. I think we should all fly to Hollywood and start putting flyers out indoors and just let them know, like, we're ready. Tell you. The impression that I got was they didn't know how well this was going to land, which I almost don't fault them for because Dune is not an easy adaptation. Like, there's so many. Like, I walked out of the theater saying, thinking, man, anybody who hasn't read the book is not going to like this. So I was surprised that people have liked it as much as they have. So I can see them wanting to, I mean... Part of the reason they didn't even put part one on there is we don't know how it's going to land. They obviously spent a lot of money with the way this thing turned out and not wanting to go double down on how much they spent without seeing a return on the first one. That doesn't mean I don't agree with you, though, JJ, <laughs> but that's what the impression that I got. Sure. Surprisingly enough, though, the budget on this movie was only like $165 million. And I say that knowing that that's a really? fuck ton of money. Yeah, but when you compare it to like Endgame, Endgame was over $300 million budget. And to me, as visually stunning as most of the, especially the Avengers movies has been, this one was far and away better when it comes to the visuals and and the audio. But yeah, it was only $165 million budget. Again, that's a lot of money. But in comparison to a lot of these movies that are coming out now, I I heard it was like $50 million to get Jason Momoa to die in a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no it was 50 million to get him to shave his beard yeah, exactly. <laughs> notice he didn't cut his hair though he's still rocking that man bun throughout the other thing i think part to be said jj you didn't bring up about the trilogy of the lord of the rings is the synergy of the actors because you're mm-hmm. still you're just you're in it like you didn't really leave it you're still a part of that and, and i think all these actors are good enough that i'm not worried about that moving forward but i think that's partly why that trilogy system or back-to-back going into it works because you're just it, it continues on you're not taking that break and i think there's something to be said for that speaking of the cast holy shit balls what a great oh, cast yeah. that's the thing i think i've been excited I'm- about outside of the surface of we have a dune movie that might actually do dune justice the cast is outrageous so good and it paid off to hire all those people because there wasn't a single moment where i wasn't thoroughly impressed with the acting who's the well, who's the harkening some... like leader bad guy what actor is that stellan Skarsgård. man Whew. dude yeah he's amazing awesome. i love stellan Skarsgård. Well, 
a lot of these scenes are not easy scenes. Like shout out to Timothy Shamlet because I mean, he's having to do these long or not super long, but like putting his hand in the box and just having to act in pain and have me that be that believable, but also not be too much. And same thing with the voice, like him focusing it. Like there's a lot of things that could have been really cheesy or dumb or stupid if the acting wasn't there. So yeah, I fully agree with that. I will say that they did have a really good fallback to look at and say, here's what we don't want to do. Cause the 1985 movie, uh, while I really applaud them for trying back then to do Dune, that movie was just rough because it, they didn't have the technology to make the visuals stand out or the, you know, to do those things like the voice and the, the, the different shields. technologies. <laughs> yeah. The shields, the, Oh God, it was just terrible. So it's just like, they were able to look back and say, what were the cheesiest, worst things about the 1985 movie? And the voice was horrible. The shields were terrible. The eyes were horrifically bad because it just looked stupid. It looked like they'd shoved like a, a lightsaber in their eyes when they would go blue. It was so bad because they use that same technology of the lights. With this one, I love the way they made it look like they were like jaundice with the spice because it like went into the whites of their eyes. It wasn't just like this glow. It looked actually like, yeah, it looked like if you've ever seen anyone with like liver problems and they have jaundice where like every, they're kind of yellow greenish tint to them, their eyes, that's kind of the way it works is around their, the iris of your eye. It's really heavy coloration of yellow and green. And then it kind of spreads out into the rest of the white of your eye. So I really liked the way that they showed the spice getting into their eyes and making their eyes blue dude it was really interesting not even just that like it, it to i think people have said it it was so impressive to me that i'm watching like them doing the spice run out there and, and the sand changing and the 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 spice machine like it was hard for me to it was so good it looked like i just felt like i was there it was happening and it was i couldn't pick out like hey this is cgi this is but there's so much cgi in this movie but it was phenomenally crafted into the environment that they were also filming in and just extremely impressed. And that's why if you can't go to theaters, even though I said stream it, like, man, this movie is visually appealing. It is damn sexy. So if you have a big TV like JJ as well, <laughs> like for that alone, I, I want to rewatch it just because I I wasn't on. And they had some just epic scenes where you're standing there and you see the surroundings and like this planet is big. And then you add the worm in there. My goodness, like they it was beautiful. It was terrifying and beautiful, but I wanted to say the voice to me. Oh my gosh. Creepy is super creepy, yeah. but I mean, that's probably what it was like. And it creeped me out. I was like, all right, that works. Like I wasn't expecting it. It made me jump a little bit when it happened the first time. I was like, Oh, like I'm on ready for that. I, Joe, what did you think yeah. of that? When that happened? Cause you probably, you didn't know anything about um, that. I, I had no clue what's happening. It was cool. It was creepy. It kind of gave you the chills a little bit, but like totally, totally unexpected, like completely blindsided. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe that any better. I did not see that coming. Wasn't expecting it. I was mildly offended, let's say, when it came to that worm. The worm was so cool, like so cool. But two things screwed the worm up for me. The first thing is HBO, when you start it, they have a little something from hbo max it and maybe that was my failure part on that but they compared it to star wars and they said basically said something along this was going to be the next star wars and i can't remember the other thing I, it might have been lord of the rings i don't remember what it was mm -hmm. but they said this is going to be the next one and 
I went into it. The first thing I saw it. Well, not the first thing I'll get back to the first thing I saw, but the, <laughs> the second part I saw when they're all coming out the ship and they're all in their funny, weird mask helmet things. And then the lady's got the high piece on the head and it's like, okay, so now we're watching a, a knockoff Star Wars. Like I said, I knew <laughs> nothing about this. So I'm like, okay, now you're just trying to parade all your new different types of people, okay, different characters and show them off like Star Wars. You go into the cantina and you see like a billion different – that's what I thought was about to happen. So I'm like, okay, I'm not happy with this already. Then I saw the worm and I'm like, okay, you just stole Star Wars worm. Okay, I don't even know if that was a worm or just a pit in the ground, but that's what I saw. And I'm like, okay, that's messed up. But you, you literally just ripped off Star Wars after claiming this is the new Star Wars and you had to steal them. But I take it back. At the end of the movie, I fell in love with that worm. I mean, it was so cool looking. I like, I love the worm. I really hope that Lady Doc Canes. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was going to jump on that worm and ride that worm. Like, I don't know if that was the intention or not. Because, like I said, I don't know. But, like, yeah, it, I it saw was. that and I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't wait. And I'm like, is she going to be on top and, like, skimming the sand, basically? Does that thing, is she going to be able to hold her breath or breathe with that thing enough under the sand? Like, that was so cool, so exciting. Like, I cried a little. I was really, really proud <laughs> when she did it. But that worm was awesome and i take back my anger and aggression that i had towards it in the beginning but it was really cool like you're gonna like the second one yeah yeah you're gonna love the second one joe (laughs) now see the second one i'm a little concerned this okay this movie was good i voted to stream it i will definitely watch it before the next one comes out but i may not remember it in the sense of when i see the next one come out when i see trailers for it i'm gonna be like that looks familiar (laughs) i'm gonna watch look at that cast and like yeah i'm gonna watch this and then it'll hit me it's like wait i saw the first part of this so Mm -hmm. now i have to it's not like lord of the rings i did watch. i watch everything again before the next one comes out but lord of the rings i didn't have to or i didn't feel i had to this one and half good half bad i mean it was a lot i'm not gonna remember that in two years yeah i really won't I, I need to go back. I need to rewatch it before that comes out. And again, that's good and bad. It, it it ended really good and it got me hyped for the next one. And last part on that second one, I dropped the remote or I knocked it over, moving my arm. And there were 10 minutes left. I was confused. I was angry <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. I was ready to just shut it off and walk away at that point. Like I knew there's no way they could finish this in 10 minutes. And uh, again, going in blind, that it has its perks. You really don't know. You get to experience things a little better, a little different. But I was angry. I'm still a little, little butthurt about that. Like, it, yeah, I, don't I know. love yeah. that, Joe. Because for me, I was like sitting there going, "Ooh, two and a half hours. People are gonna be pissed." And so to hear that you're like, "Mother." fucker i only got 10 more minutes like i yep. love that because it's true i mean you're like oh shit there's no way that this is not gonna end on a cliffhanger yeah, I'm, I'm still to this point the baron uh i don't know vladimir or something yeah Harkin. um i i don't even know where to get started on him like i said uh, i know nothing about this so this probably plays the biggest part in my confusion i don't even know what he is like at first i thought he was a worm because when he <laughs> went all up high <laughs> And he had the long cloak. I thought he was a worm. I thought he was some, like, weird hybrid worm, and maybe that's the monster. Like, that's the bad people, and that's actually a people, not a worm. Like, I had 
no clue. And then all of a sudden I see his fat little feet dangling later. And like I started laughing. I'm like, okay, well, at least he's human. But still, I, I don't really I, – I don't know. I mean obviously that's a lot of the politics part that you said maybe they should have filled in more. But I enjoyed it. I like it. But I don't know what he is or what he does. And I assume he's going to be super evil in the, the next part still more. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really he's, don't know. He's kind of a, a funny villain because – and correct me if I'm wrong, JJ. But he's basically so fat that that black – or that tech thing on the back of his spine just like lifts him up and moves him around because he can't do it himself anymore. <laughs> yep. Oh, so that wasn't even magic. That was that tech. Yeah. I saw yeah. that on his back. I didn't know what it was. Okay. Yeah, that's, I'm trying to remember what they call them. They have a name in the books, and they talk about the fact that, yeah, he's got this tech that's built into his spine because he. And they show it a little bit, but in the in the books, he's so fat and just so. And they just show it because of the abundance that the Harkonnen family has because of the spice that they've sold and the amount of money that they have, that he's just this huge glutton in every sense of the word. And they showed that very well in this book, in the movie, but in the books, he's even more disgusting and he needs these basically like anti-gravity built in things to like keep his body upright because he can't walk. The suspensors, that's suspensors. what they call it. Suspensor. suspensor. There we go. Yeah, they, so they, they it was really cool. They showed him like lighting up whenever he planned on moving and like it made him upright and then he would float. But yeah, they're called suspensors. And so he's just so fat and disgusting. Now, and see, he's I couldn't stop looking at him. I didn't realize I didn't notice them lighting up because I was just so fixated on his hideousness. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I never even noticed that. Yeah, it's that crazy first scene that we saw him. I'm assuming he was in the shower, right? Was that a shower or like a steam room? He was sitting in. He had oh have yeah, yeah, yeah. On. It's like a built-in. Like they have like it's sauna thing. Dude, we that, need to get one of those. That looked cool. It's like I am fully invest in that. Yeah, yeah. That's the Harkonnens. It's crazy when you read about them because, like I said, they and they touched on it very well. But it, they're very, very, very wealthy because of the spice. Like they just make ungodly amounts of money. JJ, can so, you or Ian go, because I remember the books maybe in less than all you do, go into the politics or the reasons why the emperor did what he did. Uh, I don't know if either of you remember, because I think that'd be helpful for our listeners and Joe. Yeah. Um, and me. So I actually started watching this again last night, which kind of helped because I feel like there's so many details you need to watch it again if you're wanting to pick out all the stuff from the book. But it Basically, House of Trades and JJ, correct me if I'm wrong. House of Trades was becoming more powerful, more respected. They're starting to stand out as a leader amongst the houses. And so the emperor, they kind of mentioned like he's a jealous man, he's dangerous, but he sees that the Harkonnens are super wealthy, super powerful. House of Trades is up and coming and he starts to get nervous about the, those two powers. So he basically sets the stage for a war where he takes away the Harkonnens wealth and gives it to the Atreides, knowing that it's going to cause a rift and set the stage for a war for the Harkonnens to come back and take that over and reassume their wealth. So that's kind of the impression that I got. And then the Emperor kind of puts his money on the Harkonnens and sets them up with some of these like super soldiers, basically the the Sarkot, I can't remember what those are kind of called. Sakuta? No. The Sardaukar? I don't know. Sardaukar, yeah, the Sardaukar. So that's the my understanding of it all. But JJ, you can fill in what I missed. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that I would add is that this the the Harkonnen and Atreides feud goes back generations. Mm -hmm. So yes, the the emperor was very 
afraid of Atreides, especially Leto, the one that you see that Oscar Isaac plays in this one. He because and they kind of hint towards the fact that he's built so much military power on Kaladan, but he also has the respect of all of the other major houses, with the exception of Harkonnen, because they've been at war. They've been at a political war since before he was even born. Either of these two guys, the Baron and between Leto and then Vladimir guy, they've been at bat. They've been in a political war and, and a feud for generations before this. That makes so sense. It was easy. You could tell that he was very leery about being given this assignment where it's all because I, I, I couldn't remember a lot about the book. I was like, but it, it feels like he knew that he was maybe not going to die, but it was going to be a war or something of that sort. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, because like I said, it's been a long time since I've read the books, but they lean more into in the books the the fact that the Atreides clan and all of their allies that go with him are very aware of why they're getting sent to that this is not a surprise to them in that they know that it's to further the feud and to separate the Atreides clan from the empire a little bit, put them out on this desert planet that while they have the opportunity to make a ton of money, if it's successful, they also have a, are going to have a very hard time doing it. They don't know to the extent because there's the mole, the doctor has been helping set up this and it, it's a lot more in depth than they show in this movie how far the doctor's gone to set him up but yeah it's yeah. there's a lot to that and it, they're all very aware of the feud between the two families which they don't lean as much into in the movie which i get why because it would have you would need this whole explainer but it, it there's definitely more to it than just spice and favoritism so yeah and that's why that, this book is so hard to adapt is just yeah. all the little nuances and all the, the different inner workings. And because he builds out these different houses and, you know, like in the movie, I was also super impressed. They have different languages for each of these different houses on these different worlds. They just had so much detail that they were able to put into this. And I was really surprised that it landed as well as it did. And it wasn't I mean, it's it can be overwhelming. And that's, again, why I feel like you need a second watch just to pick up a lot of that stuff. But I, they put the details needed in there where they were needed for the most part. There could have been some more. But again, you're definitely running the risk of a longer runtime. So, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's in the book, there's a lot of explanation, too, around the Carino family, which is the current emperor the Emperor Shaddam Carino. So there's a lot of explanation about how the Atreides clan and the Harkonnen clans connect to the Carinos who are the, who have been the line of emperors for ever and a day. So Ian's right. I was really impressed that they gave you enough information to understand the nuance of these three families, especially the two, but there's even more in the books that they cover. And it's like, they almost give this, like they go through and just kind of this family and this family. And it's, it's pretty batshit how in depth the book is. Well, they did like you that. take like the Jezeret, if that's what I remember they're called and like such a complex topic and they dumped it down to the essence that made sense. It's like, we're basically an organization that's trying to put people in power to let this kind of Messiah like figure come to be and it's basically through arranged marriages or concubines however you want to call it and i was like well it's way more than that but you did a really good job simplifying it for what we needed in the movie and i was like all right this works and they're really creepy 
That is one place, though, that I wish they'd done a little bit more. So the Benny Gesserit, I'm glad they didn't go into too much more than that, where they're setting up the, the bloodlines and things like that. They explained it well enough, I think. But what I, I was a little frustrated with when it came to, and I don't want to say frustrated, I was a little, I wish they would have at least mentioned it. There's a part where in near the beginning, the, and I can't remember the character's name, but the Duke Leto, Oscar Isaac's character, asks his one of his guys like how much money did they spend or whatever it was the two fear two fear how the the guy with the beard the old guy and his eyes go white and he does this like calculation really quickly so that's in the books he's called a mentat and so they don't talk about the the robot or the i don't want to say robot the technology or ai basically battle that set up this world like 10 you know 5000 whatever it was the forever and ever and ever ago in this world they had built basically ai and then they went on this big battle to destroy all human controlled ai basically and then what the problem was is it left them without computers and technology that did mathematics for them so they created a clan of, ind- of people called mentats and they taught them so well to calculate that they could do it in an instant like it showed that guy and i bring that up because one of the reasons that paul was so special and able to become what he eventually becomes is because he was trained as a mentat as a child so he has the mental cap- capabilities to actually do these calculations he's that smart and then you add that with the Benny Gesserit training that Lady Jessica gives him. And then so you add like a that. Superhuman. Yeah, you add that with the spice consumption when he gets to Dune, that he it all triggers these abilities that lead him to be able to calculate enough that he can see the future and the past with his abilities. It's not that this dude's just some oracle that can see the future. It's that he can calculate so well on top of the ability to see because of the Bene Gesserit bloodline that's been cultivated through his his family. And Lady Jessica was one of many women that were set up as Bene Gesserits to create these super women. That's why the one lady was so pissed that she, because this guy's supposed to be a man, but they were supposed to give birth to, she was supposed to give birth to more daughters in order to continue that special bloodline to eventually create the, this savior or whatever. So it, it, I wish they'd have at least mentioned his mentat training because they showed his military training. They showed his prowess in battle. They showed his Bene Gesserit bloodline. All they needed to do was have a mention and show him using that mentat power, and it would have it would have set up all of the reasons why when he gets to Dune that he that the spice triggers all of his abilities at once. That was the only thing I think I was bitching about when it came to the movie. I was like, ah, where's his mentat training? Come on, bring that shit up. Because the mentats to me are one of the coolest things in the books. It's just their ability to calculate almost instantly, just ridiculous shit. See, now hearing all of this, I feel like I almost missed out. Definitely should have, uh, well, should read the book. But hearing all this, I think I would have benefited. And uh, it sounds like I would have enjoyed a prequel to this. I definitely wouldn't have wanted more in this. This was long. It was a lot of information. But they also probably could have shortened this a little bit and given a prequel to set up for this. Because you're explaining so much, which makes the movie a lot better than it was it was good 
but this is making it better now that I'm knowing this stuff. It's like, okay, well, that completely explains that part that I was like, how, why, what really makes a lot of sense now. And like, I think there was enough to put in the beginning, everything we're going over and cut out some of this one to make one before this, that would have explained it would have made everything a lot more smooth. And then with that, right when it started, that was such a cool scene. And it's like, you could have elaborated a lot on that and gone before that, like you said, to that war where they were creating this place. You throw all of that in. I mean, that scene alone was almost the whole movie. Like, I (laughs) I would have loved just watching that over and over again. That was cool. But Mm -hmm. you blow that up, you add a little more detail, you got a whole nother movie there. And then everyone spends more, goes to see the movie more, and knows a lot more, and even more excited the next that would have solved their issue with that time you know just added another hour onto this one split it into two and then we wouldn't have as long a wait for that next one and i think that's was something like this joe you even like kind of expand made me like my brain had like this expansion of what i was talking about earlier because of what you just said i think especially in the world of dune because there's like six novels or something that herbert was able to finish before he passed away he was going to do a seventh and then they've done his son and like one of his collaborators have done like a whole series of books outside of that in an expanded style. But I think this is Dune is such a world that you could create like a media franchise around it. Like they're already planning on a prequel TV show that has to do with the Benny Gesserit, which is really cool. You could do one on each of the families that are involved. You could do, I mean, there's so much that you could do. And to your point, I think there could have been a, here's what you need to know before you watch Dune part one. Right. And I am HBO could have made like a series, like a movie that was only on HBO. Like a mini series. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This could have been a game of Thrones from what I can tell. Where it's just, there's a lot of talking, but it's necessary. There's a couple episodes with that and they'll kill somebody just to make it worth watching. (laughs) This, this could have done that easily. Uh, I feel we we could have benefited with a lot more information and it would have been a little less of an overload as the first half of this movie was because this first half of this movie was almost like going to school. It was a school I chose, so it was fun, (laughs) but it was still a lot of information. It's like, I got to process it all. I got to remember it all. And it's like, I'm forgetting names of shit already. It's like, okay, I got to figure this out. I got to keep up with who's who. And it got to a point where I just started remembering the actors' names and just like, okay, well, this is so-and-so. The name I'll just look up later because that's not really important. <laughs> but uh, like if they spread it into a Game of Thrones, from the sounds of it, this thing could, could be huge. Uh, again, this all falls down to I don't know enough of this because I, I went in blind, but it looked great. It ended. I can't wait for the next. And honestly, uh, like I said, I went in blind. I'm kind of pissed off to hear that it's going to be about two years until I see the next. Yeah, I didn't know. It's this type of stuff would be really interesting if we were big enough and cool enough to pull in some like Hollywood exec or someone just to <laughs> I know. talk to them straight up about like, hey, I'm sure these ideas cross all of your brain. Why don't you guys go about doing things this way? Because at the other side of it, I'm sure they have their reasons why they don't do X, Y, and Z that we, I mean, it's not what we do. It's not our day job. And I would love to hear about it because for us, it's as you hear Joe talk about it, you're like, yeah, that's a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't we do that? I would watch that. I would go, I would, I'd be all over that. So I think it'd it'd be fun to understand those inner workings as well. Because I mean, the more the merrier for me. I think there's no inner working. So like me, I'm on the fourth time rewatching Game of Thrones right now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's common sense. 
to us little people at least i mean uh, as we say in this me. podcast us common folk yeah. us common folk there we go all right to us common folk little do we know about how the world works but i'm re-watching game of thrones for the fourth time right now okay so it seems like there's something there yeah, Joe. If nothing else, you need to just—they need to rebrand Dune as the Game of Thrones of space, and then you've already got like millions of watchers. I'm down. I'd watch it right now. I'd I wish binge watch it. I wanted them to. I kept saying, I've said for years, I wish they'd make, especially now that they've figured out the epic TV shows. Because to me, TV is the medium for these large scale epic series of books because it gives you the opportunity to that's why i'm so glad that hbo is grabbing the last of us and making a series out of it because it's such a big scale and you need to know so much that you just can't put it into a two or three hour movie it just doesn't work on the scale that you need to know the things that you need to know so i'm with you joe i i think either set it up to where there's a movie here and then a, a follow-up TV show or a prequel TV show and then a movie. And then, and I think that's the next step in my opinion is we figured out this, the epic TV shows and we know they can do epic movies. Why not have a, and we've done TV shows that have ended too early and then we have a movie to finish them. That never works out very well usually. So, but they've, we've seen that. And Joe, I know we're going to get you on another episode with this one, but for a special episode, but they just did the whole, sopranos prequel oh yeah, my yeah understanding works and so it's like it, they're starting to figure it out and i think that's the next logical move is to have like these interactive things that keep you going it's kind of like a games in service for those of us to play the video games you know that they'll keep you playing if they give you the right content well for me they'll keep me watching fucking sit me down for 10 episode tv show and then lead me into an epic movie that sets up the next season of the 10 hour you know of a 10 episode show and i'm in like 100 percent. i'll watch yeah, it's all almost like 80 hours if you had like a 10 episode season you do episodes one through nine and then you have your grand 10th episode turn into that movie and you just make yeah. it amazing because we all love you know the ending of a season of a tv show and you're like man they're gonna cram in every mother effort they can think of and they just turn into a movie i'm with you i mean, I mean if you think about it movies I'm, only two episodes reasonably yeah. maybe three so it's not even like they're doing anything different it's just instead of putting that space in between it's just boop, yeah. there that's yeah. it yeah, boop. you can yeah. film it at the same time <laughs> but, i mean even do for doing do mandalorian yeah go way ahead or way back Way back, do a, a, a mini series or mini series, whatever. I guess it is coming back, so it's not as as much that, but but still, like go way before all this and tell me what happened. Yeah, and I, I'll watch it. Absolutely. I'd love to figure out what What's I missed. Our verdict studio guys, this is we're the, we're the next one. Here we go. Yeah. So let's talk about some ornithopters because the coolest thing in this whole fucking movie was how they finally did the dragonfly ships because that shit was bitching as fuck, and I want one. I'm with Joe. I want one. I just want it to hover you, over my house. You could I'm, make I'm a, a ornithopter top gun and I'd be there. Oh, you could have a whole TV series about ornithopter pilots. Like that shit's bitching. Like when they light that first one up and you see like the wings come out and like it just starts going. And I'm just like, oh, shit, why don't we have those now? There's got to be a way to develop that technology. So to answer that, well, I can't answer that fully. I, my brother-in-law up in Seattle works for Boeing, and he okay. is, like, really big in the structural engineering. And so I talked to him a lot about, like, airplane stress testing and everything. It's mm -hmm. just funny as that happened. I was like, 
oh man like how are those wings handling that amount of vibration right now like that shit is, is gonna blow up from the start so for me knowing a lot of that i would love to ask eric like dude is that even remotely possible because the level of vibration alone on that metal dude i don't I mean they probably have some new space age polymers or whatever they got going on sure. but i made mean, a wicked sweet piece of sci-fi engineering but there's got to be like from what I know about like stress testing and things like that, I mean, you couldn't have a bolt on that wing. That'd have to be a solid piece of whatever it is because yeah. that shiz is just rah. Yeah, you're going to shake the bolts right loose. But yeah, that shit was looked, dope. Look dang cool. Yeah. Like when they did, I love the part where they, they're flying, but then to go really fast and like scoop down, you basically just shut the wings off and, and you're free falling. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that was a cool scene. I really liked that one. And they go yeah, and save the uh, spice miners. Yeah. yeah. And he like just dry. And it, that was cool when the wings just go back and they just boom, straight down and then they kick out right before they hit the sand and just start. Brrr, it was bitching. Yeah. The visuals in this movie are outstanding. When the worm comes through on that thing and it looks like, and I was really impressed with both times that the worms, like you see the worms fully right so when it's getting ready to eat the the spice harvester and like it looks like the little golf ball it almost looks like a if you've ever seen a loose sand a rainstorm on loose sand when it first before the sand gets all muddy and wet that's kind of what it looks like because every raindrop there's like a puff of sand that comes up so when like the vibrations were going so much with the worm that it looked like there was golf balls hitting sand only it was so cool to watch that and then it just like becomes this sink but i loved at the end when you see the big worm the god worm or whatever that the fremen worship and you see the like crater that it left behind as it leaves you're just like holy shit the visuals on that were stunning yeah that's the stuff that makes it worth watching in a the theater because it's mm -hmm. awesome now how'd they get the worm tooth that's a good point so i mean do the worms die like yeah and that and <laughs> They they also shed teeth like they talk about in the books. I think that they shed teeth kind of like a lot of other animals. They'll lose like alligators lose something like two thousand yeah. teeth in their life. So they the worms will shed teeth. And so the fremen. I think that was one of the things where they talk about in the second book. Maybe I don't know where they use like every part of these worms that they can find. And so that's where I think it's that they find them. Okay, that was cool. Oh, I, I get a sword yeah. with with the tooth. <laughs> that brings up a good point joe because i wanted to ask you guys who read the book this because isn't there something unique about the chris knives like i if i i want to say that in the book if you show it to somebody you have to kill that person or something like that do you remember that at all jj um i remember something weird about him other than the fact that the teeth can like they shred anything like they can go through metal they're they're like the strongest thing out there but i don't I don't remember what that like whole couldn't show it. I do know what you're talking about. But there's something that happens like they're really sacred knives or something like that. And I can't remember what's what it is like this unique quirk about them having those knives. But yeah, and it's so it is and to answer your question, Joe, it is a dead sandworm that they get him from. I just pulled up Chris knives and I'm looking at him. Oh, here it is. Here's your here it is, Ian. It's so if it's drawn, it cannot be resheathed until it had drawn blood. Yeah. Cause I remember when she shows that to Lady Jessica. I was like, there's something that's supposed to happen when they unsheathe that thing. Oh, right. The, so I the wish next, they would have the added part, that. that. It says the blade was not allowed to be seen by those considered to be outsiders by the tribe. Otherwise they would have to die by it 
or be cleansed in an elaborate yeah. ritual. There sense. it is. Now, speaking of cutting through anything, mm -hmm. I wish they went into a little more detail because that was so cool. They're weird shields. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess the only way to penetrate it is either with special blades or slow enough to go through. Like, I didn't even quite understand that because, like, they were moving fast, but then the blades got to go slow, I guess. I'm not too sure. It was super cool. Yeah. But I don't really know. Like, yeah. And then yeah. it slowed, it almost I, like slowed down time with that weird little killer mosquito dude. Hunter whatever. killer. Yeah, hunter killer. Yeah. Mm. It's it, like it slowed down time kind of to where he was able to go <laughs> slow and deflect it a little too. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was really, really cool, but I wish I knew more about that too. So prequel, teach me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they show, they give that explanation of like, oh, the slow bait blade penetrates it. And then when they start fighting, they just throw that out. And Jason yep. Momoa just like <laughs> chops people down. Well, see, that's why I said it's a slow blade. So he punched fast, but then just a little wrist flick at the end. Just nice, slow little wrist flick is what killed. A little cut. Went in fast, but he moved slow to, to kill. Well, and part of those shields is, is they start in the universe as what covers like whole installations. They're called Holtzman shields. And so they start as this big, and then they bring it down and it's interesting because the shield itself and the reason it slows things down is that it'll suffocate a person but it actually the device that they wear to trigger them actually releases needed gas to breathe within the shield so it's really interesting that technology and that's one of the things that i wish they could and to joe's point a prequel would be nice to explain some of the technology that they use in the in this stuff because this is ten thousand years into our future and I want to know about this cool shit. And like, it's interesting. That way we can invest when it comes out. I mean. Well, and they talk too about the movie, like about these shields. And the reason that it goes away is that in the books, they talk about the fact that daggers, that's why they all fight with knives as opposed to like guns and shit. There's like one type of laser, I think laser gun that can go through the shield. And then daggers up close are the one weakness that these shields have. And so that's why everybody's been trained in this sword fighting and dagger fighting is because the up close fighting style can actually penetrate the shield. And I'm over here just wondering if TikTok is the adopted the new sandwalk as like the new dance move or something. Right. right. <laughs> so funny. He did get a little sloppy with his sandwalk right as he was reaching the top of that hill. I mean, yeah. I, I was even checking yep. those sand prints in the back and I was like, wait, you took two regular steps right there. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I was just glad he recovered it because they show them both using it when they first start and then all of a sudden they're running up that dune and I'm like, so you just you're just done doing the sandwalk huh? and then all of a sudden they went back into it i'm like okay at least they went back to it like <laughs> it's not rhythmic enough to create a worm issue but i want us um, to all practice it today wherever know, you right? go <laughs> see how much longer it takes you to get to your destination dude i can't even wake up from sleep without my shoulder hurting i feel like i'll displace a hip if i start trying to do that weird <laughs> dance and to your point joe wait for part two because there's going to be some worm riding eventually because that is oh, what dude, she was getting ready awesome. to do. That is exactly what we she saw was someone doing. doing it. Whip those and, out yeah. and that worm's coming. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but someone no. was. We saw someone riding it though. They showed like a a little scene of someone on the back of one. I don't know what was a bigger cliffhanger: the worm riding and wanting to see more of that, or Paul and Jessica like getting adopted into the Fremen. You know, it's really funny that they've led, and I get why they do it, because Chani's such a major character in the books. But like Zendaya has like seven minutes of movie time. <laughs> 
and half of it is just right. her voiceover <laughs> and like little snippets of her in the dreams and i get why but like she's just such a and i'm excited for part two as well because she's such a major character and zendaya is amazing like she's really i can't wait to see her interpretation of chani and then the there's so many characters left to be introduced like paul's sister what alia alia i think is her name she's an interesting character so yeah, i'm curious how they're gonna do that with her because that could come off awkward really easy or weird really easy she's an interesting I'm, character I'm, I'm excited to learn more about stilgar i really like stilgar in the book and you see a little yeah. bit of him in this one because he's a pretty cool character too and there's stuff between him and paul that that comes up in that second part that's going to be fun to watch yeah, I'm excited. And I get kind of giddy for Joe because you don't know anything about it. So it's like we watched a lot of fun shit in two and a half hours and some really great story building. But the second half of the movie, I walked out talking to Ian and I was like, dude, if we can get to the second part, it's going to be epic because all the good shit happens in from where we left to the end of the book. So it's like. And when I say good shit, the political intrigue, watching Paul become like just this Billy badass. It's it's crazy. The shit that's to come. So. I'm excited there. If I remember it in two years, I'm looking forward to it right now. We'll see how it comes. <laughs> I know, right? It's a good way of saying it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We talked a lot about this movie and yet not a lot about this movie, but are you guys ready to rate this thing? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I'll kick it off. Man, I went into this movie with a lot of trepidation because I'm old enough that I remember the 1985 version and it was rough. And I've read the books well, I've read the first two books. Let me clarify. I've read the first two books and I've dabbled in some of the others, the story of the rest of the books, but I've read the first two. It's been a very long time, but this is a book series that covers so much information and it does it in such a detailed, interesting way that I fully 100% have always believed that this was unadaptable to film. So I'm really excited by what we've seen. I enjoyed it. The visuals are unbelievable. I am so grateful that we have the technology that allowed the visuals of this book that are created in your mind to be translated somewhat into film. There were so many cool things that I remember being excited about reading in the book that are now I've seen on film in a great way, which is cool. Even more so, though, the story of government control and leadership and how that plays out in human with power and what that means to have ultimate power like some people in this book event these books eventually do and how that plays out and creates different types of leaders i'm excited to see that i'm excited to see how they do the visuals moving forward um, but I really enjoyed this movie. The music was amazing. The sound was unparalleled throughout. The story was great. The acting was out of control good to the point that Josh Brolin's in this movie like for eight minutes and probably gives one of his best performances ever. Like when he's yelling at Paul about the Harkonnens, I was like, get him. Like what a great, like he's, they're brutal. And he's just trying to show this kid that this isn't, we're not fucking around anymore. You're not going to be on your comfortable planet of Caladan where everybody thinks you're the greatest thing ever. You're going to a planet that's harsh and it's ugly and everyone wants to kill you. And it's just so cool how they don't take those messages lightly and they make everything very serious. Jason Momoa, what a great Duncan Idaho and probably the most literally ter terrible character name ever, but what a cool character. But I mean, he played it just perfectly. I enjoyed myself watching this movie. I think for the sake of those that I think those that have read the books probably got that giddy feeling a little more but i was really excited joe because i haven't talked to anybody that hasn't read the book mm -hmm. so to hear that you enjoyed it and you 
at this moment are excited for a couple of years from now when we might see part two. That really makes me happy because that means they've done something right. Overall, I'm not going to score this as high as I want to because it is a setup movie. And I feel like two and a half hours on a setup movie while I love the content is still a lot. So normally I think if they could have put back to back movies to where I got to see the whole first book, I might've given this skyrocketed four and a half, five, but I'm going to give it a four because I was entertained, even though it's a setup movie, it's probably the most entertaining setup movie I've, I've seen in a very long time, if not ever. So giving it a four, I will definitely watch this movie again, though. I'll probably watch it from the comfort of my giant TV on my couch. So there it is four for me. Joe, what do you give Dune part one? Okay, well, I got to throw in real quick with Josh Brolin. Yeah. It cracked me up right in the beginning. Smile. I am smiling. <laughs> I mean, I bust out laughing. Like, I thought I was going to have to pause it. I'm a child. Like, little stuff just cracks me up. That was awesome. He, It was perfect. That's all. All right. Yep. So, this movie, I went in blind, knew nothing about it. HBO started me off on the wrong foot with the star wars reference in there and it's like no this is not star wars okay star wars is my jurassic park this is not star wars don't 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 go there okay but it was good it had some long parts where you know you got to go through the talking but you learn a lot i woke up today i was ready to give this a, a two, maybe a two and a half, but I want to give this a three and a half. Definitely. I would give it more had I known more too, but today learning a little more about it made it even more enjoyable after the fact. Uh, I know it's a little weird, but like, I really liked it, but I like it a lot more now that I know all the little things that I saw, but didn't quite understand. So definitely anybody listening to us right here, I mean, now that you know a little bit more about it, if you haven't seen it, 100% watch it. I'd even, I'd watch it in theaters once. Uh, I definitely wouldn't go back to theaters for it uh, a second time. Or I say go back, I didn't go. <laughs> I'd watch it once in theaters because it was beautiful and it sounded so good. I mean, I do feel I missed out a little bit there, but I got a big TV. I got a nice sound system. All the lights were out. I mean, it was cool, but it would have been that much better in theaters to experience all of that. The movie itself, I'm glad I watched it at home and didn't pay to, to go out and see it because there was a lot of talking and it took a little bit of time. But again, at the end, I'm excited. And then... On the flip side, now now I'm pissed off that you told me <laughs> years. Uh, I, I like to go and be surprised by things and just enjoy them as I go. So I enjoyed it. It got really good at the end. And then they crushed my soul. Listen to us directors, Hollywood, oh. the common folk. We want more. We want it faster. Uh, oh, I'll pay cool. to go to six of them. Uh, every six months, I'll, I'll go to pay, see the next one. I mean, just throw them at me. And uh, I'll pay for the seventh uh, for the prequel. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'll go watch that tomorrow if you gave it to me. Watch it three and a half. Watch it in theaters the first time. Then definitely stream it again before the next one comes out. Um, and maybe even halfway in between so we don't forget about it. Because it, it, it was good. It was worth it. That That's all I got. I love it. Matson. Yeah. So when I left the theater, I was thinking kind of a, a three-ish. And then as more of, I've, I always try to take some time to process before I really settle on something. I and mean, what was hard about this movie is having left the theater, knowing it was a setup movie and trying to rate this as a standalone movie is where I think JJ kind of alluded to it. As a standalone movie, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Uh, he said a lot of what I want to say from the sound music to the acting, to the world building, to the, to the character progression. I mean, 
all of it was great, but because of the long runtime and whether you've read these books or haven't read it, it's a it's a large investment for a movie that I think they could have cut out some time or explained some things a little bit better to those that don't completely understand it as we've learned from Joe. And so as a standalone movie, it, it's not a five. It's not close to a five for me in that regard. But for as JJ kind of talked about, it's the same thing for me for a movie that we clearly know there will be another one and there's amazing things coming. It prepped and excited me in a way that I think is hard to do, especially given all the nuances of what Dune presents as a universe and what it is. So for that matter, extremely well done job. But as a standalone movie, as we rate these movies, it's not it's not in the four or four point five five. It just it can't be because that's not what it ever was going to be. But for what it is, one of the best setup movies I think I've seen a three point five for that type of movie. Super strong because they you had to have this movie to get to the one that we're really hoping is going to knock it out of the park. Cool. All right, Ian, bring us home, buddy. Yeah, I love this movie. I, <laughs> It's nice having a movie that you're looking forward to because I was putting my expectations down as much as I could. I was kind of similar to JJ, like didn't know how this was going to fall out. And it's just nice to have a movie deliver on some expectations once in a while because I feel like that's become kind of rare. I love, and to JJ's point, I love books or stories or movies that have real leadership uh, principles, but in a fictional setting. And this is something that I felt like they brought even that over pretty well. And I'm torn on how to rate this because for, as a Dune fan, there's so much detail. There's so much little tidbits from the book that's in here that you catch that, that you wouldn't catch otherwise. But from like a perspective of Joe, I don't think it's going to hold as much weight as it will. But with that said, as much as I want to rate this one higher, I I agree with you all. And I'm going to do a four as well. Definitely going to watch it again. I'm excited to share this with others that maybe don't know that much about it and see what their opinions are. Because one of my biggest worries walking out of the theater was this was too specific to people who read the book. You know, common folk aren't going to enjoy this as much as... uh, as I want them to so that there will be a second one because they kind of left it with not calling it part one, like there could potentially not be a second movie. And seeing what it was rated on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm super excited that that looks like it's going to be a, a follow-up. So yeah, four and definitely rewatching. Sweet. Yeah, I said to Ian, I was like, it's ballsy. They made the first one without all of the seriously, like what you would call entertaining content because all the war and the fighting and the huge action, you had the big action sequence where the Harkonnens attack along with the Sardaugar, but that's, it was such a brief fighting sequence that it wasn't what you would expect from a movie like that. But the second half has a lot of that kind of thing in it. So I was like, it's ballsy. They really expected to make a second and villain wave said he's ready. He said he could start production anytime. He's just waiting for the green light from Warner. So hurry the fuck up, Warner Brothers, and get it done so we cannot have to wait 12 years to watch this movie. So, yeah, pretty high scores. A couple three and a half, a couple fours. Go check out this movie. Yeah. Next week, Last Night in Soho. I'm still working on Javier. Ah. Still working on Javier to try to get him in on this movie. But, uh, yeah, Last Night in Soho. And then November, December, a lot of big movies, especially December. It's That's a fucking nutty month for movies, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, check us out for Last Night in Soho next week. Matt, so tell them where they can find us, my friend. All right, friends. Well, for the theme of this podcast, for you common folk that want to limit, <laughs> listen to a podcast of us folks, 
check us out in Ghana, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else you listen to good podcasts. Come chime in with us on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, and then check out whatsourverdict.com and leave us some comments. We get excited for our next slate of November movies upcoming and into December. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Joe, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you yeah. for having me. Fun as always. Absolutely. We'll have you on many, many more in the future. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinematic out.